Hello, welcome to Augusta Ali Podcast. This is Richie here. I am only one today. So I'm doing this by myself. As usual now, going forward for now. So this is going to be live. This is a quick live podcast. You get to see my face. Most of it will be on Spotify, but only on Spotify because you're going to have the audio version on other podcasts. I'm just telling you this. So let's go with the wrestling cap recaps. Raw's recap. Alright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about mm-hmm. Raw's recap. Woo! This is going to be an amazing show. Yeah. Yeah. Angelo Dawkins versus Damian Priest. Let's start the show with that. We have Edge and Beth Phoenix opening up the show to a huge ovation. Mm-hmm. We saw a recap of what Judgment Day did at Extreme Rules and the Radar Superstar returned during the Men's Royal Rumble match. Naturally, the heel faction came to respond. This segment took a long time to get to the Phoenix, laying out a challenge to mix tag match at Shalini Chamber with Edge and herself versus Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor. As the Judgment Day began to circle the ring for attack, Street Poppers came out to make the save. This led to a first match between Priest and Dawkins for a spot inside the men's elimination chamber match on February 18th. It got started during the break, so by the time we returned, the priest had the upper hand. Dawkins turned things around and pounced the archer of infamy right on top of the announce table. Then we go to the opening promo. This match took more than 30 minutes the first hour raw, but the crowd was into it in the old time. So, Edge, Phoenix are powerful enough to keep the WWE Universe invested in the fight between Dawkins. Priest were a high-energy battle between two big men who can also move with a lot of speed. Despite some big moves from big moves from Dawkins, Priest were able to secure the win for the earned spot inside the men's elimination chamber. The promo for Edge and Phoenix was a bit too long, with the name to say, but it's kind of a hallmark of the radar superstars generation. We used to get so many more long promos than we do these days. So we go straight to now the Jackson Loomis versus Baron Corbin. So Garen Corbin tucked on Dexter Loomis in a second match of the night. JBL and Gargano in their cryptic corners. Corbin attacked Loomis at the end of the ring to get an early advantage. The torture artists were on the defense for a long time before he began to make a comeback. At the fury of moves, Loomis hit a big side slam for the win. This was a clean finish to a relatively basic match. Both men looked good. What they did, they just didn't do much. Carmella versus Piper Niven versus Mia Yim versus Kendall Ray. Let's go to that. So, we got a promo for Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley that ended with the Beast Incarnate taking out the Almighty. These two will likely meet in Limited Chamber after Lashley signs the contract. The main, the next matchup was the fail four way for the spine in the women's chamber match. Carmella, Niven, Yim, and Lee Ray were fighting for one of the last two spots. Niven wiped out Ray and Yim before scaring Miller out of the ring with a scream. The crowd shot Scott out of support through the match, but she seems seen to be working as a heel most of the time. This ended up being an entertaining contest with a handful of spots that propped the crowd. Niven had a great showing. Ray had been the most impressive some of her flying, high-flying antics. After Niven hit up Campbell to lay in a corner, Mella super kicked her to cock her out of the ring so she could cover was a pixie for the win. So that was a good matchup. This was a good women's match. It was four-way. So she got the win. So Mela's in the chamber. 
So yeah, Mela's gonna be in the chamber, and you're pretty much there from going from there. Yeah, pretty much. Uh okay. Now we have Alpha Caddy versus Shelter Benjamin, Sector Alexander. MVP com- accompanies Shelter Benjamin, Sector Alexander to the ring for their match against Chad Gable, Otis, Xander, and Gable. Start off with a fast-paced exchange, ending with a ladder hit a beautiful German suplex to counter handspring from his opponent. Both men teams had a short period of being controlled, but this is all reestablishing Xander and Benjamin as a viable tag team after a decent fight. Xander hit the lumbar check on Gable to score the win. MVP Raider went into the ring to celebrate with them. So it was during the backstory segment Corbin and JBL. MVP could be seen shaking hands with Benjamin and Alexander. But you, uh, there was also a segment when Corbin and JBL were pissed. Like JBL was so pissed with him that he left and cut him off, Garmin off, so so are we going to be going back to Happy Corbin, or is this going to be the Lone Wolf Corbin, what do you get? So, I don't know what's going to be. Anyway, Oscar versus Chelsea Green. Throughout the night, Chelsea Green was actually showing harassing and Pierce, so WWE official decided to get a little payback by Booker and Mashiaska. The crowd gave Empress of Tomorrow a huge pop when she came to the ring, but as soon as the bell rang, Green nailed her with a drop kick that sent him to the middle of the turnbuckle. All the women who had qualified a women's chamber match showed up to watch this fight as Green surprisingly dominated the early action. Like, she walked around the ring and dressed every woman, but gave Asuka a chance to recover. She uploaded on her rival for her punches, kicks for putting in a submission for the win. So, so this wasn't much of a contest, but it showed the story to some degree. Green was supposed to have much of a fight chance, and this is the way it was both makes sense, even if it wasn't particularly exciting. So, yeah. So, we have Elias versus Montez Ford. So, after Corey was able to promo about his upcoming Wrestle 39 match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, we got the final chamber qualified bout between Montez Ford and Elias. This chain between Heyman and Rose was probably one of the best things I've seen in Ron Mumps, and Roman Reigns was even part of it. It was tied for the match. Also, Derek sat with a commentary table to watch the match for himself. Elias Ford started with a clean lockup and break. Elias had a pair of a power van, but it was offset by Ford's superior speed and agility. It had been a slow start, but he picked up the pace after the break to make a solid performance. Ford scored the win with a massive frog splash. Promising for him and Rose were outstanding. Standing. Standing. Oh, yeah, it was a standing, honestly. So, the crowd was actually eating out of the palms of their hands. It was pretty good. The, the pro was great. We're going to have Cody versus Roman WrestleMania. It's going to be fantastic. All right, let's go to the main event. Lynch versus Bailey in a steel cage match. And it's going to be, we never got to see our Raw. So, yeah, anyway. Before we start punches, both men and women take a little try, talk a little trash. They may just feel like a personal fight. Pro was earlier in the show. And the way they act inside the ring further the narrative. They went from 160 Memphis in the tone time. They threw each other in steel cages, beat the left out of each other within minutes, roughly called for the bell. Both women worked their butts, their asses off to make this a cage match worthy of beyond a raw main event. They succeeded with fighting color. It was hard hitting, well paced. They have enough time to make this a fun without being drawn out. So, yeah. Eos Kalai climbed the Tired the cage to prevent the man from escaping while Dakota Kai threw one of her crutches in the ring. Just then, Lita's music hit. She ran out to get Sky Kai to even the odds. The WWE Hall of Fame slammed the door on Bailey's face and knocked her back into Lynch's arms in a manhandle slam. 
the man, Lita Silver in the ring to end the show on a high note. So, yeah. Uh-huh. So, that show ended on a great high note. Lita and the man celebrated together. I see a tag team match coming soon on Chamber. So, let's see how it goes. Uh, that'll be pretty good. Okay, anyway, we have now the AEW Dynamite recap. Let's go to the recap. All right, basically, we got the start with the AEW World Terminators, Kosinski, Takashi, vs. NJF. Kosinski had an opportunity to pay out what had been a magical start to his all elite wrestling career by defeating world champ NJF in an eliminator match. As great as a 27 year old Japanese star has been throughout, the salt of the earth was much better. NJF was still the Ursula Green striker, not to mention a self inflicting injury caused by a missed knee drop to take. Tap Kakashi out with an armbar that exploited the babyface's own left injured arm. This was a fantastic match, and now overstays welcome. Then Pagaton at a 20 minute window. Takashi again performed up to the moment, but it was NJF who was, co- was co- commenting on his work as an audience that really enhanced the contest. The crowd was all over him for his cheap heel tactics, via rolling to the floor to avoid vert punishment, draping his foot over the bottom rope at the opportunity to break up a pin. Whereas showing up his in-race psychology or physical attributions, he was on fire here, proved that he could too miss moments and retire come back as good as ever been. The win all assures Menjev will enter a revolution on much of his AEW World Champion, while Brian Tyson will have the opportunity to cash his ticket to the pay-per-view and a one-hour Iron Man match later in the show. Mm. Alright. Well, yeah, it's pretty much what it is. Like, NJF, Brian Danson will be the main event. So, anyway, I don't know what to do. So, wrestling is a great product. Like, AEW is a great product if you put more effort into it. Like, AEW has the potential to go mainstream. Just put the effort to it, you know? Don't bitch and complain if wrestling is not good. Is You know, like wrestling, don't bitch and complain. Simple sad. I don't know. All right, we got the AEW World Champion Eliminator, Hater versus the Bunny. The world, the women's champion, Hater, and the Bunny, they had a brief match, and then abruptly, the former delivered a record Larry, Hater for the Benefall victory. Like, the majority of the pin battle took place during the commercial break. There was an ugly spot, appeared to lead to a sudden finish. Honestly, it was disappointing for the Bunny, who did not get highlighted enough to the television. This also, honestly, this also fucks up the spite life of a hater, you know? Well, thankfully, the post-matter event saw Reddit Cat interviewing Soria Toy Store over the heels to attack and eliminate Billy Bates by spray painting the L on her. Like, they should have played, instead of losers, they should call it lesbians. Because they look like lesbians, in my opinion. Oh, and that, in their ongoing feud with hater, Billy were easily the biggest takeaway in anything that happened in a potential injury shortened match. So we now we go to the Garcia Gavar Gauntlet, Ricky Starks versus Jericho Appreciate Society. Okay, to get his hands on Jericho, Starks will have to battle three defeat three members of Jericho Appreciate Society. A first cool head at Jericho Park, who starts defeated show order with a roll up. Next was Daddy Magic Matt Menor, who suffered the same fate but was a short order. Daddy Garcia Fared better than his teammates and his Harriet mid set of the Starks. Young Stars AEW has a solid competitive mini match. I saw Garcia control for Starks attempt to come back. Back up by Master Selling outside or a circle allowed Garcia to capitalize, score the win. 
After the match, the man, mystery man, revealed himself to be Jericho, who saved himself by having the battle obviously one more time. So yeah. Honestly, this was five, but it was there was a single reason when it's Garcia versus Starks, there were more time to deliver a high quality match. Like where was the reflection of us so booking or heels or Championship Clash with JF or Pro Man that is not clicking tonight, something hoped would. Does that change the fact that Starks was among the high stars show not all long ago? So, hopefully, this available range of Jericho flex by satisfies that, but it suggests the outcome of the contest may be obvious and one thing, and this is problematic. So, yeah, it's pretty much what it is. So, Brian Danson, go to Brian Danson versus Roosh. So, NJF and Cahoots repressed to advance, and Jose did everything they had power to keep Brian Danson from making it to the ring for a schedule match. El Turo Blanco Roosh. A determined dragon showed her his way out and sprained his ring, only finds out defensive bloody early. Nothing would deter Danielson as he cashes tickets to Revolution on March 5th. 5th in AEW World Championship Iron Match against Andrea by the way of a Bushika knee to the face of Roosh. This was nothing short of a fantastic match as Danielson continued to soar his greatness and Roosh, the world of why he was once considered the future of ROH. Both men were extraordinary, delivering up to even the loafiest expectations of the match that would have fit perfectly on a pay per view card. It was a tense, hard hitting, Affair after they saw the American Dragon absorb everything thrown at him before proving his will was thrown out when his body was not even been. So the post-match beatdown by NJF was great, built even more heat for the villain ahead of his match with Danielson. Should be a definite point in his career. So yeah, it was pretty much good. Like we have NJF, more heat for NJF, a bay face for Danielson. Like it'll be a great run. Like NJF's gonna win regardless. So I can't wait for the match. I cannot wait for that match. It will go great. That match will be amazing. And it will be amazing. So, you know. And I don't know what's going to happen. Shit. Alright, the AEW World Trio Championship Elite versus AR Fox at Tough Flight. Momentum was on the side of the shit. I fired Dante and Darren Martin into Wednesday's AEW World Trio Championship match alongside. Artner Air Fox is the lead Air Man and Young Bucks. They scored victories in a recent trios battle royale. Tanty match against the Bucks. They start to make a three row by defrauding the champs. The Chargers felt felt Dort, but now it went out in a breakout performance by Fox. He sees another opportunity showdown. Question why it takes so long for someone to give him the chance to showcase his skills on the stage. So yeah, Fox was fantastic hang with the elite. Appearing to have tear on the edge of defeat one more than occasion. Ultimately, Omega was able to wrestle him lightly and narrow escape his team title by roll up. So, honestly, it wasn't that good as opener dancing rush match, but it was still a widely effective party match that had fans invested from the get go, allowed the chance to shine. The elite still feel stale, something no 1970s rock, 1970s rock hit will change. But at least they padded the win loss record here and had another a quality match at Tau. Yeah. So yeah, we go to the main event. AEW World Tag Belts, the Acclaim versus the Guns. So Austin and Gun Gun won the AEW World Tag Team Championship in the main event of Wednesday Night Dynamite. So you gotta take the moment to let that sink sink in. Like, you know, like yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm just checking my phone for a second, just a couple seconds. Alright, I'm done. Let's let's go to what I was talking about. So yeah, it was like it was like I saw a contest between, like, 
between Generation Stars and Acclaim, Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. They descended to overbook mess lately, late with a referee bump. And wait, wait, I missed my phone. Let me, let me, let me put something. My phone down. I, I, I put it down. Let me. Okay. All right. What else again? Okay. It was late with ref bump. Tease a hill turn by Billy Gunn for the ill-advised outcome that saw the guns claim the goal. So you know the acclaim was one of the most most overacts in any company pro wrestling. It gone through so much to win the tag belts. Best yet, they were nowhere near close to popular dimension, which means the outcome was even more befuddling. Honestly, befuddling, befuddling. There will be some who will defend the book and the suggestion that screwing nature of the outcome would build heat for the guns set up a return match will be hotter and fans anticipate Caster and Bowens getting their tiles back. This is not an impression the finish left, though the overall of the closing moments of the show was either confusion or dismay. So honestly, this, in my opinion, the gun decision to use the guns to throw in the acclaim was felt wrong, but it's AEW's decision, and we gotta respect that. But Honestly, maybe Tony Khan can rectify this and heat up a story quickly enough to get fans excited about the rematch for a revolution, but let's not get over at all, likely managed and likely hoped. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's what they don't eat. All right, let's go to the SmackDown recap. Okay, SmackDown recap. Let's start with a Paul Heyman promo. Paul Heyman tapped at stopping bleeding with, with the bloodline. It backfired at the top of Friday's SmackDown. Simon Zane erupted and sent a message loudly and clear to the unspeared champion. Tribal Chief does not have to worry about Cody Rose because he's going to beat him next Saturday in Montreal at Elimination Chamber. This was not the same kind of promo as Heyman's instant class with Rose on Monday, right, Bob? It was still very good. President Zane is someone who's more confident than in months ahead of his premier live event in the marquee bout. The crowd loves Zane. Heyman did another sorry job selling. Words and WWE knows have utilized the dog and dog from the underdog. The result was a fantastic segment at the top of the show. The first number one contender from Baltimore Reigns and a great desire to see a very 18 main event. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, now I go to Seamus and Makatara versus Hit Row. Lacey Events dominates. So, anyone who questioned where Hit Row will always be taken seriously as a threat. Tattoo Division found out Friday that Sheamus and Drew McIntyre steamrolled top doll as she, the Adonis, essentially squashed the tandem in a competitive match. So the match was cited and highlighted the baby face for a pre tape pro front up, set up a match between Butters and a Bang and the Riker Raiders for next week. The takeaway here is that meant for continuation of Sheamus and McIntyre's feud with Eric and Rybar, but it was an utter destruction hit row that really lets the last impact. So, honestly, how does Triple H and Cope think of this help Todd Dallin and Ashton? If I had not known, you'll have to segment as a message to the team to evaluate their performance or risk failing by the wayside again. Yeah, and the company has utilized their booking tactics before when the Viking, Viking Raiders, who took that when they were given the few comedic acts back in 2020 and ran with them, is their work in segments and likely earned the many opportunities to succeed as they have. So now they're opposed about two former WWE championship and most significant match of their careers. So after the match, Lacey Evans hit the ring for a match with Carmen Harris. Like she was in McIntyre, she was dominant. So she won the one side squash with a camel clutch. Backstage, Timmy Uso repeatedly called brother reality, the reality that he might have to defend his tag titles by himself and setting in. Setting in the other. Setting in. The NSP attacked the champions, Ricochet and Braun Strowman versus Usos. 
So Uso showed up the last pop second, embracing Brother Jimmy and the head of tag titles and fans against Ricochet and Braun Strowman. The Reality Brothers and their situational awareness allowed the Usos to regain success and retain the titles, but Shay took advantage of a blind tag with his brother and delivered a splash and spent the reshape for the win. So the story once again took center stage as Jay arrived at last second. They were already ready to allow the issues with him Romans. The fact the history he had and brought her and made over a course of a 500 plus day reign as champions. There's no apparent cynicism between them as they worked together as they ever had. Backstage, Rachel and Jay missed their one share was with the bloodline, while while Jimmy Balaman walked behind the pillar. During the story, Eamon caught Jimmy after he denied Jay. About a spot in the faction. Heyman would definitely admit what the situation There was times about the fine drama. Since Raymond's that Jimmy's not lying, he may not have committed the bloodline state thought. So, yeah. So, it's great. Just great. Layer all stuff all around. Ronda Rousey returned, attacked Natalia, women's tag team match, Jay and Sammy. Ronda Rousey turned to SmackDown Friday night and ran promo saying, Natalia and Chad Bradley, that was ending, but. Rolling Sassy Field to make the word say wait to save. He'll still claw the closer angle. Worst says Ratchet and Rousey seem in the start of the mission. and lack of understanding makes her character effect up. Nice later. Centerville, Chelsea Green, Battle Raquel Rodriguez, and Liv Morgan attacked the action. Despite the effort by Deville and Brent to stun the momentum of the opponents, both of them will be in the next Saturday's elimination chamber. Morgan and Rodriguez won a perfect set of the match. That, that is highlighted Green Green character. Even defeat with rest of proof that Triple H and Co. have an idea where to come, and particularly before we wanted to go. So, yeah. So backstage, we got Sami Zayn caught up with Jay Uso many that do not know how things ended in the bloodline Usos, but not just the right-hand man at the fist bump ending with segment was fantastic. The moment Usos betrayed Zayn Chamber, yeah, it's gonna be genuinely pissed, honestly. So the Intercontinental Championship is like a fatal four-way number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship match. Champion Gunther is a miss in the match of push that seems to establish himself as a star to hold that title for the longest in the last 23 years. So Friday night, we have Mysterio, Carrie Cross, Matt Cat Moss, and Santos Escobar battling for the opportunity to challenge the challenge the ringer for his title. A natural pack main event saw several heads of potential stories. Competitors competitors to move in looking forward. Close somewhat rising with Moss winning, cashing his ticket to showdown with Gunther. Moss is a guy who over last year has been criminally underrated, underrated, undervalued by WWE fans. He has looks, energy, and main ability to succeed next level. My last consistent opportunity. No one's saying no should hate. Moss is a valuable candidate to Darren Gunther, but Kim Danger has some stealing. Australian better elevating them starting the process. Kudos across who shine at the Gresham Booking decision and saw Rum Stereo singles action. So, backstage, Flair, now to put Rhea Ripley in the spot. Man, yeah. So, Heyman told Jimmy Uso backstage that Uso has to stay home next week, watch Shepard at home, because they can they can see things that they cannot in the moment. So, that was the end of the show. Smackdown. So, in retrospect, it was a pretty good show. And, you know, and what and it was, and how it is. So, 
Okay. AEW Rampage recap. Alright, Backpool Combat Club versus I mean Backpool Combat Club versus Butcher and Blade. So both teams were there range show in the match quickly possible. Yuta saving scene or SM this man Momentum. So yeah, um even though the heel team had an uphand moment time, the ending of the bout was about the predictable it gets. The same see that most people would have money on the BBC if they were paced fast on the show. Predictably, it was always a bad thing. Most pro wrestlers matches are easy to predict. My Madison, what they do between the bells, both these teams did a good job making this feel competitive. The biggest complaint I have about this, I was conscious before they were moving from sequence to sequence and telling the story. It's hard to do in six man tag matches, so sometimes it's easy to try to forgive. And, you know, it is. So, Castanelli was able to score the win for his team, and he uppercut the Sabian. So, we go to the next match Ruby Soul versus Maria Suffer. So, basically, we saw two members of the Practical Joker from the show got put through a table at JSS, interview with Dustin Rhodes. Soho and Sheffer got going. So, and basically, the interview with Dustin Rhodes were getting attacked by. By Swerve and his buddies. So, uh, yeah. So, Rui was seen hesitant at first, but still put up a good fight for Moshe contact. Shafir made a big size advantage. She crawled the pace a bit. A few minutes of the match took place during the breaking picture. You see Soho struggling in mounting offense against the former MMA fighter. Both women brought a lot of physiologists match with lack of chemistry. They probably chuckled to not being familiar with each other, having completely different styles after a late match. Comeback, so got the win with the destination unknown. So that was a decent women's match. Lack of lack of was that compatibility, but it happened. <sighs> or lack of chemistry, it happens. Like it was one to know about Rick Moss, like Gunther and Rick Moss. Would it be a good match? No, no, probably yeah. Alright, uh, we go to Mark Briscoe getting a funny interview at this match. I saw in competition with Josh Woods. It was pretty funny. We're gonna have Josh Woods versus Mark Briscoe on Dynamite next to me, so and whatever. Jungle Boy versus Ryan Neff. The third match of the night saw Jungle Boy, Jack Perry take on Ryan Neff. JB got his usual entrance. F was in the ring. It was about over less than two minutes. And then when Jungle Boy had a predictable win, Brian King came out and indicated that he and Perry had unfinished business. This was definitely a match that happened. Nobody can deny that. I was mentioning anything. It gave a few minutes to get Perry a quick win. So yeah, this was a big quick matchup. Jungle Perry, Jack Perry versus Brian Cage next week. So yeah, pretty much. So Arch Cage versus, I mean Arch Cassie versus me and Mariah, the main event. So the main event is Cassie defends the All-Anti Chasha against Ferns Leo Mariotti. Mariotti feels like Cassie put his hands in the pocket by applying a hammer lock, but also countered out of it, took his sunglass out back. So Tagastat showed his superior power a few times before Cassidy messed around doing that tire sequence of moves, counters with hands in pockets. Like that has a stockly halfway where all ringside had my involvement at different points in the match, but the most fun part, this was a clean fight between two young stars, a lot of potential. Whenever Cassidy's in the ring with technical mastermind, he managed to keep up with the mix's own styles and everything happening. It's kinda of impressive how good he's while looking not trying. 
despite morality keep clear being the best athlete. He was a he was unable to get the win. Cassie picked up the victory by carrying a submission to a roll up. So all in all, this was a good match. And it was a great show on Rampage. You know, Rampage had a good show this week. It was a, there was nothing wrong with it. You know, honestly, it wasn't that bad. Like SmackDown was actually well better, well better for once. Raw was a bit of a meh. Dynamite was okay. So this was Red Cat. There were pretty good wrestling match shows. Well. Well, this morning I just I just I just read about Twitter's New Japan shit. Like, like Jay White's gonna be leaving Japan, so he's still, he's gonna be going to AEW. I don't think he'll he probably leave Japan, but he's still with New Japan. So I don't know what's going on. So let's just be of I don't know. All right, let's go to the wrestling news. Cody Cosmetics increase AEW media rights comments on potential Shane deal. So on May 19th, double the event, right? Yeah, sorry. Show at the spinoff on special months, either leading to formation of Cody Cost Company. They quickly reached agreement with our to a weekly and a great start screen, a weekly over years. AW expanded on success initial TV television deal by Ending Rampage 2021 with the first uh, playing host of Return of CM Punk. The flagship show switched from TV to TBS in 2022. Tony Khan traded that point is that wrestling shows on both channels with King New Deal with Warren Meal when the deal expires in 2023. So this is what he says. So he speaks with UX Sports. He, he discusses about the upcoming negotiations. Conf- Curbing his confidence being able to secure a nuclear deal for the future. He expects big increases rights for the AW programs. We're in a good place to make a few nuclear deal for the AW media rights going forward. Well, so apparently another talking point because the AW broadcast potential for the company's launch of stream for its service. When the amount of content AW has produced over the years, new they have gained since the inception, many will feel it extends for the company to make the library available to everyone. Con Committed the library available to everyone. Con comment on the on the possibility of future CMS series, acknowledge the quality and the quantity of events where AEW have produced over the years. <coughs> uh, he says they've done 134 episodes, eight episodes at Rampage. They have 17 pay-per-view events, the evolution. So they've done hundreds and hundreds of hours on AEW content our library. He purchased ROH last year, which is a great promotion with 20 years of history, thousands of hours, thousands of hours of video and libraries. So overall, AEW has access to so many wrestling events, including some events that are widely considered to be some of the best wrestling events of all time. There's some interest library as well as new content we continue to produce each week. I do think there's a lot of demand to library, and I think it makes sense then for us to try to make the AEW library advance to the all over the world on demand. So yeah. Yeah, I pretty much. So, yeah. Yeah, so AEW's next pay-per-view is taking place on March 5th. Light being NGF living his world championship. And it's an Iron Man match. So, as always, we'll, come, we'll, we'll update on any news regarding AEW potential streaming and and, and the next events and more. So, yeah. Uh, sure. That's the bliss reporter taking time from WWE. Like, mm-hmm. 
Since losing to Raw's Women's Champion Bianca Belair at Royal Rumble, Alexa Bliss has not made appearance on WTV, but her absence from work has reportedly pulled in in the injuries. So, yeah. Bliss is reportedly taking a break from WWE. Coined PYU Insider mentioned that it had known by WWE would take time prior to Royal Rumble playing PLE performance. They've been hinted at Bliss will support Howdy Wyatt. When will it say she will return? Shortly before WrestleMania two weeks away, but we don't know. Let's so we don't know. So McIntyre reveals he's still cashing the case, chasing, chasing the world title win for the fans. WWE will separate the title styles soon. He talks about chasing the title. He wants to win in front of live fans. He never had the chance. So that's what it's mostly about. Mostly that's about McIntyre never had a chance to win the title for the live fans. So that's the most about. So honestly, if Roman's merged victories when I call him Battle former Usi Zay. So he's gonna face Cody at the at the main event of WrestleMania in Los Angeles, California. So as of the writing, as of currently, there's no indication that we are looking to separate the house as soon. They will we will try I will try updates in the future of what's likely what happens soon or well. So then we got another one. Cody reveals he's here both Triple H, Vince and Triple H while he was injured. He talked about his Pitora muscle tour. He talks about Vince, Triple H, how they went down. So he talked about the idea that, that Hunter and Vince had different camera visions. He focused on being the best regardless with prior to be a quality on square work or any politics. So yeah. So basically it's Vince and Hunter having their issues. Yeah. Let's go. Well, following Cody's triumphant experience, he's basically what's going to happen, you know, like, like if anybody trying for performance on Rumble, he set the headline WrestleMania 39 against Roman or Sami Zayn if he wins the title. But in the terms of corporate side, Vince returned to WWE on January 6th was automatically elected as executive chairman of the board just four days later. Honestly, I, he tends to oversell sales, so we don't know, but my opinion, I hope he's doing a sale. I don't want to take Vince taking on creative, but it's something we could do. Okay, that was the Augusta. All right, this was all right. See you later, Ron. Thank you to Augusta Ali Podcast. I'll see y'all next Saturday, and it will be mostly recorded. This is a test for a live episode. Hope you enjoy. Bye.